All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the fifth week of our series entitled Be Happy. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Baton Rouge, Biloxi, Bay St. Louis, those on the South Shore, and all those each week that join us online. We are in week five of an eight-week series. I want to give you guys just a little bit of heads up. Uh, again, next week on Palm Sunday, uh, we're going to be taking communion as a church family, and uh, I'll be teaching the six weeks. Then we've got Easter. By the way, I want to say to all of our campuses, it's not too early to invite somebody to Easter weekend. The weekend after Easter, we have a guest speaker. We don't have a lot of guest speakers here, uh, but we've got Pastor Jimmy Evans, who runs Ministry uh, Marriage Today, and he's going to be doing the four laws of love. And it's not just for marriage, it's relationship uh, talk. Uh, and then I'm going to come back, do two weeks, finish up the series, and then a new series on the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all like learning the Bible? Anybody like learning the Bible? So we, we try to teach the Bible at Church of the King. We believe that it's the Word of God that will change your life. So we are teaching through uh, the very first part. Again, somebody asked me one time, you know, did Jesus like do sermons? I said, have you ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? I said, As a matter of fact, it's the most famous sermon that's ever been taught. It's, it's the sermon that Jesus taught. And the very first part of, quote, the Sermon on the Mount is what is considered the Beatitudes. So we're teaching through the eight Beatitudes. Week one, we made a note that if you circle the very first word in there, bless it. Everybody say, bless it. It's actually the Greek word translated happy. So what's the point? Jesus is giving us what I would say not only a definition, but maybe a redefinition of how to obtain happiness. Truth is, we all want to be happy. I want to be happy. You want to be happy. Everybody in our culture and every generation and every background, everybody wants to be happy. And so Jesus is giving us and he's teaching his disciples 2,000 years ago, and it applies today, some keys to happiness. Last week, we talked about another way, how we can, quote, be happy. Blessed are those, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Today, I want to talk to you about another beatitude. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I want to talk to you about the power of mercy. Matthew chapter five, verse seven. Here's what Jesus said. Fifth beatitude. Blessed or happy are those who are, everybody say it, merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. In other words, Jesus is saying, happy are those. Don't forget that. It's not just blessed. Put the word happy in there. Why? It's a pathway to happiness. Happy are those who are merciful. They plant mercy. They sow mercy. The Bible talks a lot about sowing and reaping. Again, the Bible was written in an agrarian mindset, an agricultural world. Jesus talked a lot about different metaphors and different images. He talked about seeds and sowers. A lot of different backdrop in the Bible. It's with an understanding of an agricultural context. And so once again, he's talking about blessed, happy, happy are those who sow mercy, those who plant mercy. It's an action word. Those who give mercy. 
for they shall receive mercy. I'm going to ask one question and one question only. I know sometimes preachers ask too many questions. Here's my one question, all of our campuses. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to look straight at you. Here it is. How many of you could say in your life that you both need and are grateful when God and others extend mercy to you? Come on, raise your hand. Everybody up high. Okay. All right. I know I am because I am in need of mercy. Matter of fact, we are all in need of mercy. Whatsoever a person sows, that shall they also reap. God has designed us. God has created you and I to be conduits of mercy. We live in a broken world, a fractured world. And by the way, it is so easy to be judgmental. It's so easy to judge. Yet Jesus, is an, it's an invitation. The Beatitudes are an invitation to change your perspective. If you change your perspective, if you change your actions, there's a good result attached to it. He wants us to be conduits of his mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, when I came to Christ... Pastor Doug Arman, the campus pastor here at the Little Creek campus in Mandeville, uh, he was my Bible study leader. As a matter of fact, some of you may know a little bit about my story. I was a freshman at Tulane University. I, got, I came to Christ in a college Bible study. And then that Bible study, about two, two months after I came to Christ, it was disbanded. And so I was Bible study leaderless, I guess you can say it that way. And so a friend of mine uh, who came to Christ with me, we, we went to Pastor Doug Arman. He wasn't a pastor at the time, and he's a lot older than me. And, you, and it, you can see that. I'm serious. It's very easy to see, just to be honest. And, um, and so he, he, I asked him. I actually asked him. I said, I said man, I understand that you, you know, lead a Bible study, and, and I'd, like to be, I'd like to be in your Bible study, if, if that's okay. And of course, I'm coming out of the world. I'm coming out of a crazy lifestyle, crazy decisions, living for just nuts. And, and when I came to Christ, I mean, Jesus touched my life, but I was, I was in process. Matter of fact, I'm still in process. How many of y'all, I got to do it. Second question. How many of y'all are still in process? Come on, raise your hand up. Don't look so self-righteous. Every single person better raise their hand. We're all still in process. But I was like, I was like really in need of mercy. And I thank God for Pastor Doug Armand. Because he took my life and. And he loved me and he cared for me and, and he didn't judge me. And I, 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 was, I was just, I mean, I would just, you know, just, I was right on the edge. You know, I was old friends, man, what's up, Steve, let's go. Yeah. Pastor Doug, he just, he would just reach in and, and it wasn't with judgment. It wasn't with hyper evaluation, but it was with the mercy of God. And I thank God for his mercy. I thank God that, by the way, it wasn't just, it wasn't just from heaven, but it was demonstrated through a human. Blessed are the, come on, say it, merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Perhaps you've been there. Perhaps you have been in need of mercy. I wasn't condemned, but I was given mercy. A matter of fact, we all have been there. We all need mercy. And mercy is an interesting word. We have to understand what it is. Mercy is not passive. A lot of times we look to the beatitude thing, you know, the meek. Well, we understood what meekness. Now we understand what poor in spirit means. We understand these things. And it's the same thing with mercy. Mercy is active. Mercy is by 
way of definition. It is, it is practically demonstrating the kindness of God. You know, there's three terms that are used a lot in our culture. Number one, empathy. Let me give you the word. Empathy means that you're able to actually get into somebody else's shoes and feel what they're feeling. That's what, to empathize. All right? That's what that means. Compassion is when you feel, it's actual definition, when you feel pity for someone. It's not so much that you feel what they're feeling. You feel you, you, you hurt for them in their condition. Now watch this. Mercy is when you practically roll up your sleeves and you do something about it. Does that make sense? In other words, it's not a feeling, it's an action. But blessed are, Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who feel sorry for people. He said, blessed are the what? Say it, the merciful. When Jesus died on the cross, right, the greatest act of mercy, he actually did something about it. He died on the cross for us. And so that's why mercy has to be, it has to be demonstrated. And, and we have to give space for people in, in, when they need mercy. And I want to say this, I, I'm so grateful that, that, that when our hearts are moved and we want to deal with larger macro global injustices and that's so important and, and we need as Christ followers to be able to address things that are, that are broken in our culture and we want to extend mercy there but don't forget we often want to address the bigger macro things but we won't extend mercy to those that live in our own house. Blessed are the what? Say it. Merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. The word mercy is eleemon and it actually means to Practically, it's an action of unexpected love and compassion extended to someone. And then we all need mercy. If you're married, you need mercy. Trust me. You have children, you need to extend mercy. Can I have a witness? Y'all know what I'm talking about. We, we, mercy is, it's, it is a non-negotiable. We have to extend it. You know, I, I, um, it's fun. I can tell you a quick funny story. I'm going to jump into the text. You know, I, from time to time, to be honest, I lose things. I'm not a hyper-forgetful person, but I, highly, I, I do forget from time to time some things. And, and, and so my phone, every now and then, it's like, where's my phone? Now, I want to say this. I'm, this is a giant confessional moment, right? So there are times when I lose things, I just blame the closest person next to me. How I many know it just makes you feel better? Isn't that right? And so I, lo- I remember one time I lost my phone. I'm like, I'm like watch this. I lost my phone. I'm like, honey. Where'd you put my phone? <laughs> you know, did you move my phone, honey? Where, where's my phone? Because if, if it just feels better if you can blame anybody around you for moving something. And I remember saying, honey, where's my phone? Well, Steve, I don't know where your phone is. No, no, you, you do things. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> you, you just move things sometimes. And no, 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 I, I didn't touch your phone. I, no, yes, you did touch your phone. Well, when, Steve, you usually put your phone on the table where you put your keys when you walk out. But I went there. It's not there. I think you moved it. You may have forgot where you put it. So we walked over to the table, and she goes, it's probably there. I said, no, it's not. I've been twice. She picked up, there was a piece of paper. <laughs> and she, just like the Dead Sea Scrolls, they were just, <laughs> it was just <laughs> I just thought threw that in. And, and, and there was my phone, and she went, <laughs> She had to give me mercy. By the way, mercy is given when it's not deserved. Oh, I'll be merciful if they qualify. Really? Aren't you glad that Jesus went down on the cross? I'm like, I'm only doing this because y'all are qualified. No, he did it when we weren't qualified. 
He did it when we didn't deserve it. How many are grateful for the mercy of God? That's mercy. That's the mercy of God. Matter of fact, Paul the Apostle in the book of Ephesians, he talks about this interchange of mercy. And he says in Ephesians chapter 2, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, he's the one who demonstrates mercy. He is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our sins and our transgressions, for it is by grace that you have been saved. So if you have not been here the last five weeks, we are looking each week at a beatitude. And what I do then is I read the beatitude, I unpack it a little bit, then I go to a gospel account where Jesus demonstrated those attitudes. And I, I was thinking about it this week. I was thinking about what story in the Bible best demonstrates Jesus practically, practically demonstrating mercy. And I thought about John chapter 8. If you have your Bible, John chapter 8, this is a profound story. Now, I'm going to ask everybody to lean in. This is a biblical account of Jesus encountering first a group of people, then a woman. This is, this is one of the most powerful biblical accounts. It's in the whole Bible of the practical demonstration of God's mercy. If you have your Bible, John chapter 8, let me give you the context. John chapter 8 the most vivid picture. Jesus is teaching in the temple. Matter of fact, if you read, it says early in the morning, he's teaching in the temple. Now remember, Jesus was a rabbi and he was a, he was a, he was a Jewish teacher. And of course, he became the fulfillment of the law by his death on the cross and his resurrection. And, and yet up to the cross, he is teaching. He's teaching the scriptures. He was teaching the Old Testament scriptures to people. Often he would be in the temple and, and he'd be teaching. And so once again, in John chapter 8, the Bible says that it was early in the morning, and all of a sudden, there is a group of Pharisees, there's a group of religious leaders that storm in, and they break the crowd open, and they have, listen, a proclamation. John chapter 8, here's what the Bible says in verse 4. They come in, Jesus is teaching, young rabbi, they come in, and they have a woman, and they throw this woman at the feet of Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 4. We're talking about mercy today. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. John chapter 8, verse 4. Teacher, rabbi, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Let me pause there for a moment. Whenever I read this, I thought to myself, how did they catch her? That's strange. We have laws against that today, by the way. I can't go down that. Here we go. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? Oh man, they were ready to go. I mean, I mean, they, they had the stones. They were ready. Teacher, see this woman? Boom, they throw her down onto the ground. And they said in the law, Moses commanded that such should be stoned. What do you say? And the Bible actually says that they were testing him. They were testing this young rabbi. I, I love the gospels because Jesus, when he was so smart, he's God in the flesh. And, and, and how he responded and interacted with people. He was always one step ahead, but he was drawing them into, into some important spiritual, both understandings and conclusions. The Bible says that as they threw the woman down, 
Jesus, he didn't answer him. He didn't even address him. He just began to write something in the sand or the dirt in the center of the temple. He just began to write some things down. And then all of a sudden, he stands up, and the Bible says in verse 7, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Then Jesus kneels back down and begins to write again. And the Bible says this, and it's so powerful. Here's what the Bible says. From the, notice this, verse 9, from the oldest to the youngest. Um, um, I know you. Uh, and you, uh, um, that was a good point. I often thought about why the oldest to the youngest. You guys ever thought about that before? Well, why is it the oldest? Let me tell you why. Here's the thought. The older you get, the longer you live, the more mistakes you make, you're just grateful you're alive. Isn't that right? I know where I am. Wait, now watch this. Watch this. It's only Jesus and the woman that's left. And listen to what he says to her. Watch this. Verse 10, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Wow. What a power encounter where Jesus extends mercy to this woman. Notice what he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He didn't condemn her. Now, he didn't condone her action, but he didn't condemn her as a person. And then he gave her the power to live out a new life. Oh, isn't that powerful? No condemnation, but I'm going to equip you with power. Mercy, mercy wraps its arms around people and loves them right where they are. Mercy doesn't require change before the embrace. But, but mercy embraces in the current condition. Oh, man, we want people to change. We want them to behave, and then we'll love you, right? That's called the if-and love. If you do this, then I'll do. Are y'all with me? It's not God's love. That's not God's mercy. That's not how God operates. Wow. I want to give you guys three ways or three lessons on mercy from the life of Jesus. I trust this will help all of us. We are seeking to live out the Beatitudes, whether it's meekness, whether it's hunger, whether it's today mercy, whether it's being humble in spirit, because the, here's the point, they're pathways. Every one of these are pathways. Every one of these are pathways to what? To happiness, to fulfillment in God, to, to enjoying God, to, to fulfillment in God. If you have your notes, I'm gonna ask you to take them out, all the campuses, those that are online. I wanna give you guys three lessons on mercy Straight from the life of Jesus. Number one, mercy sees the bigger picture. Mercy sees the bigger picture. The Pharisees saw the problem. Jesus saw the person. Jesus saw the pain in her life. He saw her past and her present, yet he also valued her as a human being. In other words, mercy gives us eyes to see beyond, beyond the current situation. 
I'll read it again. Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? Jesus was not oblivious to the situation, but Jesus saw her as a person. And he knew what she needed, and what she needed was the mercy of God and the embrace of God. How often we live defeated because we live under condemnation. And condemnation, it's like, a, it's like you, you can't get out of it. The more you feel condemned, the more you do actions that make you feel condemned, which then becomes a, it, 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 it catches you in a cycle. Jesus knew her past. Jesus knew her present. And he also saw her future. Isn't it interesting how we judge people based upon their actions, but we evaluate ourselves based upon often our intentions? We're so quick to sit in the judgment seat. We're so quick to make evaluations. That's, by the way, all people all over in every background. We want to judge and demean and, 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 and reduce and, and, yeah, unfortunately, even demonize particular people. Why? Because it makes us somehow feel better. It does. Because if they, because they felt so righteous, didn't they? Jesus was so smart. Tell you what, let's make a deal. Those of you that are pure, by the way, he was the only one that actually was perfect. And he didn't throw the stone. Tell you what, whoever's perfect, whoever didn't sin, you throw the first stone. I love that verse and Romans chapter 12, verse 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, question, are we living life in view of God's mercy? I'm asking everybody that. I'm asking everybody. Do we live life in light of judgment or do we live life with eyes of mercy? In view, here it is, Paul says, in view of God's mercy, what would it be like if we lived life differently? In other words, what would it be like if we view people through the eyes of mercy and not judgment? How would our life change? What would we be sowing? What would we be reaping? Oh, man. If we had eyes to see, if we had if a lens Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. In other words, if I, if I put on God's glasses, how did Jesus see that woman? He saw her of infinite value. He saw her past. He knew, listen, we often make quick judgments. We don't know what that person's walked through. We don't know what they brought. We don't know anything about their life. But it makes us feel better to make a judgment. It would have made them feel so much better. Oh, yeah, look, we're better than her. Oh, man. Mercy sees the bigger picture. Everybody say mercy. mercy. Sees the bigger picture. Friends, we've got to drop the stones and put on the glasses. Let me tell you what we need to do. It needs to be simultaneous. We need to do this simultaneous. We need to go. Watch this. We need to go. We need to go. Did y'all see that? Did everybody get that? We need to do this. We need to, we need to, we need to. Let me, let me look at the woman. Here we go. We've got to go. That, that's not mine. No, no, wait, wait. That's not, no, no. I, I can't. Ju Y'all with me? Mercy sees the bigger picture. I want in my life to be a person who is a conduit of God's mercy. How about you? I want mercy from my family, from others. I, I, I want mercy from God, mercy sees the bigger picture. Somebody that begins to live with a heart of mercy 
their, watch this, their mindset changes. Their emotional composition begins to change. You know that your perspective, your paradigm, how you view life through your mental lens that affects your emotional life. And how you begin to see people, how you see life, how you evaluate surroundings. It affects how you feel about life, how you feel about others. The story's told of a man in New York that got on a subway early in the morning and uh, he had a late night and he had his newspaper and he was all looking forward to settling in for about a 30 minute ride out from the city out to one of the boroughs in, in New York and he was, just, he was just so looking forward to it. He was going to relax his, his, his body and his mind and the next stop, uh, another man comes on and this man has a few of his children with him and they're young children and they get on the subway and they're pretty rambunctious and they're running around and they're all over the place and, and, and the man, you know how we do that we want to kind of get somebody's attention but we, want, we don't want to be overtly rude. The man starts kind of clearing his throat a little bit and he's like, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> he's got his paper and so his, his frustration level, his aggravation level, it's increasing. Why? Because this man, th this man wanted to rest but this man was not allegedly controlling his kids because he had an inability to, to parent them correctly. Finally, this man was so aggravated, he leans over to the other guys and says, Sir, I, I don't mean to be rude, but I, your, your, your kids are, they're, they're, I mean, they're so rambunctious. They're just, nobody's filled with peace because you just, can you please get your kids under control? And the guy looks at this man, he says, um, I am so sorry about that. I, we, um, we just came back from the hospital and their mom died and my wife, and I'm so sorry, and I guess they don't know how to act and I'm just, I'm just kind of out of it, man. Please forgive me. What changed? The situation, listen to me, didn't change. That guy got information about his life. And all of a sudden, he moved from judgment to compassion. Oh, how quick we are to label somebody, to say, Jesus said, Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. He didn't condemn her. And then he gave her the power to live out a new life. Everybody say mercy. Sees the bigger picture. Let me give you two more quick things. The second thing here is that mercy does something now. John chapter 8, verse 7, he was without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Jesus was willing to lean in. He was willing to lean into the messiness. Listen, he was willing to roll up his sleeves. He could have said, I'm teaching, move her away. But, but well, here's what he did. Here's what he did. He rolled up. Here's what mercy does. Remember, it's, it's not just a feeling, it's an action. It's, we've got to do something about it. He stepped into her mess. He stepped into that messy situation. That's why I'm so grateful for all of our small group leaders. I, I'm so grateful for the thousand small group leaders that rolled up their sleeves in January and February and, and, and taught the series. Can we give it up for all of our leaders? Come on, in our church. So grateful for you guys at all of the campus. I'm grateful for all the serve people. I'm grateful for all the people that are willing to say, I'm willing to get messy. I'm willing to lean in. Mercy's got, mercy leans in. Are you all with me? Mercy doesn't stand back. Judgment stands back. Mercy leans in. It leans in. Before we throw a stone, Jesus holds up a mirror. 
That's what he does. I wrote this little graph up for you guys, judgment versus mercy. I trust this will help you. Here's what judgment declares. Judgment declares you're wrong. Mercy declares you're loved. Judgment declares, how dare you do that? Mercy declares, I could have done the same thing. Judgment declares, they got what they deserved. Mercy declares, God gave them another chance. Judgment declares, shame on you. Mercy declares, shame off you. You are worth something. You are valuable to God. Wow. I thank God for Pastor Doug Arman. I thank God that, I mean, how many times I'm ready to go to the French Quarter again. I'm all messed up on all so many different things. And my family's here, so I can't say everything. God, even my daughter. So I, it just, let me tell you something. You guys know where I was. I mean, how many times I'm ready to go out and do things I wouldn't even remember for two days. And, and I mean, I'm just, I'm just right. There. I'm talking about the, right, right after I got saved. I'm, I'm a Christian, but, 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 I, but I'm, but I'm so filled with so much stuff. I just come to Christ. Thank God that Pastor Doug didn't judge me, but he loved me. We want to clean the fish outside the boat. How about get him inside the boat? Are y'all with me? We, we don't judge the world. We extend the cross to the world. The goodness of God to the world. Notice what he didn't say to the lady. Notice what he didn't say. Oh, hi, go and sin no more. You don't start with go and sin no more. You sin. You start with neither do I condemn you. Are you with me? What we want to do is we want to flip the tags. <laughs> we want to say go and sin no more. How could somebody that's not been embraced by the mercy of God have the power to, to walk away from sin? They don't have the power. Are y'all with me? That when you, get to, when you come to Christ, you have the power to actually change. What we do is we preach a gospel of behavior modification to the culture. So we scream at the culture, change. You don't preach holiness to lost people. You preach Jesus to lost people. You preach the mercy of God to lost people. They get saved, and then there's discipleship. Then their lives get cleaned up. Then they change. Why? But they need Christ, and then God, Christ gives them the power to change. Neither do I condemn you. Boy, the world needs to hear that right now. And then you come into Christ. Go and sin no more. He gives you the power and the skills and the spiritual gifting to walk free and the strategies how to live a different life. Are you willing to roll up your sleeves? Are we as a church willing to roll up our sleeves? We live in such a broken culture, don't we? People's lives are broken. People's lives are messy. One of the things that I love about Church of the King, and I and I just have learned to embrace it. People say, you know, I come to this church and Pastor Steve, you start telling about your stories and what a mess you were. And it just makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> Thank you. I really mean that though. Thank you. I don't sit in a seat of judgment. I know where I was. I know where I was in the French Quarter. On dr I, know, I know where my life was in college. I know the hopelessness I felt. I know the feel. I know where I was. I wasn't saved like John the Baptist from his mother's womb. My mom and dad called the police on me as a kid. Are y'all with me? But I thank God that Jesus found me, and he saved me, and he washed me, and he cleansed me, and he didn't condemn me, and he gave me the power to live a new life. He gave me the power, and he'll do the same to you. Let me give you this last and final thing. Number three, mercy brings new life. John chapter 8, verse 10. Woman, where are your accusers? <laughs> Has no one condemned you? Yeah. She said, no one, Lord. 
And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I wonder how many people are not in church this morning because they walk under condemnation. I wonder how many people drove by all of our campuses today and thought, well, I grew up and I thought to go to church, I have to be perfect. I had a person one time, I knew they weren't, man, they were, they were in just a, on a downslope and they, they once had a real, they were on fire for the Lord and I saw them at a restaurant. I know what happens to people when they start just when sin gets around them and they start feeling ashamed of the enemy, boy, he's a master condemner, isn't he? You guys know that voice. I know that voice. And I remember they were in a restaurant and I saw him and they saw me walk and they got up, they left. I followed them to the parking lot. And I said, listen, man, don't run from God. I'm not God. Trust me. Trust me. Ask Jennifer. Okay. But listen to me closely. We don't run from God. God's not trying to condemn you. He's trying to save you. He's trying to set you free. He's trying to give you the power. There's a, there's a balance. Listen to me closely. I want everyone to hear me. It's no condemnation. I give you power to live a new life. Are you with me? And churches go to one of two extremes. It's, 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 it's no condemnation, but then there's never discipleship. There's never renewal. There's never walking it out. On the other hand, we want people to live a different life and behave differently before they've met Christ. Mercy gives us a new life. That's what I needed. I couldn't change in my own strength. Listen to me closely. Some of you guys have been trying to change for years. Listen to me. You need Christ to help you change. This is not a behavior modification seminar. This is a heart transformation and, and, you're, and condemnation. You know what Jesus does? He condemns the condemnation and breaks it off your life. He says, condemnation, get off of my son. Get off of my daughter. I break that off of their lives so they can walk into new life. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that lady when she's on the ground and she looks up? She'd been condemned her whole life. That's what kept her in that pattern of sin. Are y'all with me? That's what keeps us trapped in sin is, is the condemnation of the enemy. But to feel free. I remember when I, I first came to the Lord, I, I felt like my, I, I, I was like, I took, it was like a spiritual bath. I'm like, I can really feel clean. That's what you want. You want to feel clean. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Shame off you. <clears throat> Given the power to live a new life. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus and this precious woman are left there alone. All of the accusers took a look in the mirror at their own sin. And they saw that they couldn't throw a single stone. Jesus was the only one who could have thrown a stone, and he didn't. He helped that woman to see herself the way he created her. Yeah, you don't have to. Listen, condemnation off of you. Fresh start for you. Go and live in my power and sin no more. Oh. This isn't theoretical to me. This is real. The gospel is real. Jesus changes people's lives. Condemnation binds people up. Jesus breaks it off of our lives. Where are you? I'm asking you. I'm asking every single one of you, every one of our campuses, where are you in God? Have you been living under the weight of condemnation? Have you been pressed down? Here's what Jesus is saying. Here's what he's saying. I just read it. 
neither do I condemn you. Now watch, he doesn't condemn us, but then he gives us the power. There's the change. He gives us the power to live a new life. He doesn't condone behavior, but he doesn't condemn the person. He gives us the power to change behavior. The gospel is not change your behavior, be acceptable to God. It's come to God. He wraps his arms around us. He cleanses us. He restores us. And then he gives us the power to change. He gives us the power to change. Some of you have been fighting this battle on your own. You've been trying to fight that addiction alone. You've been trying to fight that dark night alone. You've been trying to fight all of that despondency alone. Come to Christ. Christian or non-Christian. Christian, come to Christ. Let him break it off of you. And let him give you power to walk this thing out. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. just sense the Holy Spirit right now. If you're here today, any one of our campuses, and you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with God, I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, Jesus Christ, this is not philosophical. It is a real transformation. Jesus changes people's lives. Over 30 years ago, I came to Jesus. And he loved me. He forgave me. He cleansed me. And he gave me the power to walk it out. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But when I come to him, he says, shame off of you, Steve. My power in you, Steve. To live the life that I've given you. The new life. Question, do you know Jesus? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need the mercy of Jesus to clock, to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. I'm not sure if I die today, that I'm ready to stand before God. At the count of three, would you just lift your hand up? I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. All of our campuses, if you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high so I can see it, and I pray for it. God bless you guys right here. God bless you. God bless you, sir, right there. God bless you guys up top. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, God bless you right there. God bless you over here as well. Anybody else? God bless you, ma'am. Jesus loves you. He brought you here today. He loves you. And he wants to break whatever, ever you can. He wants to break that off your life and give you new life. Give you new life. He cares about you. Church, let's pray. Come on, let's pray with all the people at all the campuses. Let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Make me clean. Say this last thing, say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray, Father, thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit. And the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to give me 30 more seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ at any of our campuses, there's a card behind your chair. It's called My Decision. I'm going to ask you to fill this out. Why? Fill it out. Matter of fact, again, I'll say this every week. It's so easy now. We don't pass the offering buckets during the service. They're actually at all the exits where people put their guest cards, people put their stuff. This is where you put that. Or you can text DECISION to 822 
8.22. I just want to send you a letter talking about your daily steps with Jesus. All right, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Did that help anybody today? Did that message? I hope it did. Everybody say this. Say, blessed are the merciful. We want to be conduits of mercy. We want to be, for they shall receive mercy. Help us. Lord, bless your people. Bless your people, Lord. You've made us arms and legs and a mouthpiece of mercy to a broken world that needs to hear about the goodness of Jesus. That Jesus loves them and cares for them. You love us. You care for us. Bless your people as they go forth this day. In Jesus' name. Our altar's here for anybody that needs prayer. Please feel free. Our altar team's going to come right now after every service. Our altar is open now. We're here to minister to you. I love you guys. I'll see you next week, Palm Sunday.